Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I hate the media. Just do a better job, media. So the story I had yesterday, I don't remember who it was. Post, times, I don't know. It's been there for over 100 years. 187 years. That is over 100 years. You're right. But there's, you know, big difference. For 187 years, practically the entire existence of our country, this Thomas Jefferson statue has peered down on the people of City Hall as they do their work. But they voted yesterday to get it out of there because Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. So we can't have him there. It doesn't matter if he wrote the Declaration of Independence, if he was responsible for doubling the size of America, if go down the list of all the things. If he established, he practically alone, along with Madison, establishing the separation of church and state in this country, which is a radical idea the world had never seen before. Uh, doesn't matter if he was involved in that because he was a slaveholder. So it doesn't matter the efforts he made to try to get slavery abolished in his own state and then in the country, but was not able to do it. If you're a fan of history, you know why. Maybe we'll get into that with Tim Sander for later. But doesn't none of that matters. He's got to go. The stupidity or the egotism of it. It's hard to pick a favorite because it's just this. This whole story is running thick with both. The stupidity, not knowing any of those things you just said, not understanding that that was the state of the world. Slavery was ubiquitous. It was all over the place. And, and just the, the ideas about race, it was just, it was hundreds of years ago. That's just the way people thought. And then the egotism of it, which, you know, almost nobody talks about this except Bill Maher, who joins me in this. You're not better than thomas jefferson you just came after him in a different time don't sit there the implied statement is i am better and more pure than thomas jefferson i can judge him i will shun his statue i will have it torn down because he was not as morally upstanding as me that's what all of those people are saying with their stupid stupid misunderstanding of history if you uh, we're gonna have tim sandifer on uh tim the lawyer longtime friend of the show I, I was stewing about this yesterday because the now that we're into taking down statues of the founding fathers, wow. Uh, I was student about this yesterday, and it just popped into my head. That I, there's hardly a better defender of Thomas Jefferson I know of than Tim Sandifer, so we texted him, and he's going to be on the show a little bit later to talk about Thomas Jefferson. But uh, you t- go to YouTube and just uh, type in the search bar, Christopher Hitchens Thomas Jefferson, because he, he wrote a book about Thomas Jefferson, and he's given a bunch of amazing speeches. Uh, supporting TJ, no right-winger Christopher Hitchens, by the way. Um, uh, but one of the things he pointed out, he said, Thomas Jefferson had slaves, and he goes through that whole thing, and uh, a lot of the founding fathers of the South did. He said, people leave out all the New York businessmen who, while they didn't have slaves, because they wouldn't have been able to profit from it, because there's no way you're going to grow cotton in the New York area, the, the number of slave traders that became rich from New York that get glossed over by history. There were plenty of people hmm. involved in that horrible, horrible thing, slavery, uh, at the time. Um, but uh, uh, overlooking that is, uh, is, is easier. Some of these city council people, you know, 
Um, we learned during, what was it recently that we learned that, oh, the election that went so poorly in New York. The reason they had so much trouble counting all the votes is all the people involved in the uh, the election committee are all cousins and grandmothers and kids and stuff like that. Oh, they have yeah. such a patronage thing. But I'm sure there are plenty of people in power in New York today. You can trace their, their lineage back to people that were slave traders, if not slave holders. Right, um, right. But they so, lived in a different time, as Joe just pointed out. So what's going on here, you might ask? Well, I would quote Orwell, George Orwell from 1984. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. They did that in roughly 1790 in France, and it didn't go well. Lots and lots of people died, and it was very, very violent period for for quite a while before basically a dictator came along napoleon to settle things down is that what we want everything to just go to hell absolutely fall apart i hope not anyway the fact that they're bringing down a thomas jefferson statue from you know the confederate statues okay i get it get your argument makes perfectly good sense Sure. Do we need a 50-foot Robert E. Lee in Richmond? Probably not. Columbus. Okay, I get it. I don't think it's bothering anybody that you got Columbus there at the corner of your park. I don't think it makes it. Okay, fine. But when you're getting into the founding fathers of the the last best hope of the world, as Obama, Barack Obama tweeted out yesterday, the founding fathers that created that, when you're starting to tear them down, that's a, that's a big deal. And this statue standing in City Hall, in our biggest city, New York, just amazing. It's impossible to know, but how many of the folks do you think who voted for that sincerely believed, well, you know, Jefferson was a bad guy because he owned slaves? And how many of them were just terrified of the extremist left, the elitist extremist left, the cancel culture? I think it's absolutely the latest. They couldn't be on the wrong side of that. Yeah, I just, I wonder, is it, is it a two to one? Is it a half and a half? Is it 10% of them actually thought Jefferson should go and 90% of them were terrified? I'd like to know. Here's Barack Obama's tweet yesterday. He was talking about Colin Powell, but it's important, I think, that he said it. Barack Obama tweeted out, for all the battles he fought and problems he solved, talking about Colin Powell, Michelle and I will always look to General Powell as an example of what America and Americans can and should be if we wish to remain the last best hope of Earth. So he quoted Colin Powell, but included that phrase. Barack Obama believes the United States is the last best hope of Earth. He's right. And the people that created that should not have their statues taken down. Because they were typical of their period, to a large extent. That's a black guy, by the way, that tweeted that out yesterday. Obama! That's right, Hank. I I do wish, and, and I wish Colin Powell... With all the gravitas he had as a, as a, as a, you know, a black guy had become so successful in this country. I wish he'd have weighed in more on these issues. I wish Barack Obama would weigh in more on these issues. Spend a little of your capital. I know it would upset some of your friends that are going to come to your cool 70th birthday party that you throw, but you know, take some of that capital you've got and, and, and jump into some of these conversations, Barack Obama. Cause I don't believe he thinks that's a good idea to bring down the Thomas Jefferson statue. Jump into some of these and, and, and you spend some of that political capital. I wish they would. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here. Before we go too much further down this road, it's a bad road. Sometimes you find yourself further down a road than you think and you can't turn around anymore. You know what I paid for my extension cord? No, it's a heavy duty. I'm a big believer in the heavy duty extension cord. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They cost a lot more. 
How long is it? Uh, it's a 50-footer. Oh, that's a serious cord. Yeah. Orange? Uh, yellow, bright yellow. Okay. I can accept yellow. <laughs> does it light up at the end when you plug it in? You know uh, what I'm talking about? I think it does, yeah. Really? That's a little fancy for my taste. Well, go on. I love that because you don't have to get some sort of uh, outlet tester to know your outlet's working. If you plug something in and it's not running, okay, do I have electricity? Well, you know, because it lights up. Yeah, um, this okay, is a serious if you cord. say so. With tax, about $100 freaking no, dollars. No, stop it. <laughs> I'm not. Holy I'm not It's the crap. only one they had. In a, in a big hardware store of, of national name, I won't mention. You are blanking kidding I me. I know. Jeez Louise. I'm stunned by this. And I said, I saw a $100 extension cord with tax. He said, yeah, it's the only one we got, and we, you know, we don't know where we're going to get more. The supply chain thing, all those container ships. I went through the portage yesterday. If you want me to go through it again, I will. Don't tell me. Oh, don't, boy. Don't. More port talk. <laughs> People really, oh, the emails just lit up. Everybody one, loved it. One of those ships has enough to fill three malls. That's how much stuff is on those ships, and they're just sitting out there. Do railroad yards next, <laughs> Uncle Jack. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up about Thomas Jefferson and ports <laughs> no, for no, a little no. while. No, that's, but we got to talk about Jefferson. We have to. My God, it's important. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm telling you, so it, it, that cord story, it's chilled me to the bone. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's it going to cost to get a pair of running shoes? Well, uh, no, you grab your little package of bacon and it's nine freaking dollars to fry up a little bacon. That's I got to start raising hogs. <laughs> Judy, if you're listening, check the homeowners association rules. See if we can raise hogs. How many hogs are you allowed to have? Well, right. Right. And and you know what? I'll have half a dozen hogs in my backyard. Somebody complains, I'll say they're dogs. Those are my dogs. They look like pigs to me. Yeah, well, mind your own business. Bigot. They identify as hogs. They're uh, pork retrievers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth. Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you, and it'll be fun at the same time. You have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcasts. This is kind of a, a multi-step process, but hang with me. Um, ultimately, this is about the United States. I came across a really interesting uh, piece in the Washington Post that they're one of the political parties and one of the big stars of that right-wing political party, whatever that means in India, and it means something quite different um, there. But he's proposed a, a two-child maximum, a bill pushing for smaller families. Because India has an exploding population. In fact, they're going to pass up China, they think, in 2027. Right around the corner, in terms of population. I didn't realize that. India's going to be the biggest country in the world in a few years. Okay. That's what they say. But if you dig a little deeper, uh, it, it has to do with the belief among a lot of Hindus in India that the Muslim population is exploding, particularly in that part of India that this guy's talking about. And that though they are a minority, soon they will take over and they will force, uh, you know, the forced marriages and there are all sorts of, um, 
there are all sorts of predictions and, and like boogeymen and stuff. Some with a, a tie to reality, some fairly unhinged in the way that sort of uh, tribal thing happens. I'll tell you right now, Hindus uh, were 84% um, in 10, year, 10 years ago. They're now 80%. Muslims have increased by 4.2%. To what? And uh, to 14.2%. So 14% of a country with a billion people is 140 million people. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's worth observing. That's a, lot yeah. of, that's a lot of people. Yeah, um, and, and they compare it to some American uh, demographic trends, which I think is silly for reasons that I'm going to get to in a second. But there are so-called right-wingers on the march talking about illegal immigration from Bangladesh, forced uh, conversions, uh, love jihad, a term used by Hindu nationalists who allege Muslim men are marrying and converting Hindu women as part of a campaign, etc. So that would be the um, two biggest countries in the world making up, what, a third, roughly a third of the world's population, where the government tells you how many kids you can have, something that we can't even imagine in the United States and shouldn't. The idea of the government telling us how many kids we can have. Right, right. And I think this Indian politician is mostly pandering to some of those fears I was talking about. Um, but it's crazy anybody would propose it. I mean, to, this is kind of an aside to the point I wanted to make. But, you know, China's beautiful example of how central planning doesn't work. They had too much population. They couldn't feed everybody. People were starving like crazy. So they said you can only have one kid. Well, by the time they noticed that the demographic trends we're heading in a direct, a disastrous direction, and the great central planners, the technocrats, those we must trust. Uh, by the time they figured out, whoa, whoa hey, what, what? Uh, we got to have more kids. Everybody start having more kids. Well, like all central planners everywhere, they grossly overestimate their own wisdom and their own power to shape events, because China has developed a culture of childlessness. Or of one child and all the resources in a family going toward one child. Or kids who are growing up thinking, I'm not going to have any kids anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm. So they have a culture of childlessness. And all the central planning in the world isn't going to undo it. And China's demographic disaster has already begun. And and honestly, every time people talk about how they're going to take over the world, I you know, I try to remind them uh, their population is going to start plunging in about a decade. In fact, it's already started to shrink. Anyway, getting back to my main thread. Ethnic, religious, call it racial hatred and tension, are driving Indian politics to a large extent. Now, Michael, if you could do me a favor and uh, play for me clip number 48. This is Brett Baer from Special Report. Marine Corps Lance Corporal David Lee Espinosa of Rio Bravo, Texas. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole G of Sacramento, California. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover of Salt Lake City, Utah. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem Nikoi of Norco, California. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Naus of Corrington, Tennessee. Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez of Indio, California. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley McCollum of Jackson, Wyoming. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan Marola of Rancho Cucamonga, California. Marine Corps Corporal Dagan Page of Omaha, Nebraska. Marine Corps Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pachardo of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Marine Corps Corporal 
Humberto Sanchez of Logansport, Indiana. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz of St. Charles, Missouri. And Navy Hospitalman Corpsman Maxton Sabayak of Berlin Heights, Ohio. God bless those soldiers and Marines. I don't know if you, like me, when you're hearing the list of the names or looking at the pictures, noted something fairly notable. You have uh, Sergeant Pichardo. You have Nicole G. You have people who are obviously of the Muslim faith. You have Hoover, Hoovers and Lopez's and Sanchez's. You have Espinoza's and Schmitz. You have McCollum's. You have Marola's. You have Soviaks, Kareem M. Nikau. I apologize to the family. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. God bless him. You have virtually every ethnicity, every national origin, every religion you can think of. And as one of my closest friends uh, in high school and college, uh, the late, great uh, Jeffrey Scott Taylor, who was a United States Marine, would tell me, we're all green, man, in the Corps. We're all green. And I will just tell you that there are forces in America, including in most of our schools, who are trying desperately to turn us into a tribal society, trying to use the sins of yesteryear and some of the sins of today to turn us into a society that sees only color and only tribe. And, you know, I don't know if you're retired or you got plenty of money or or your kids are grown or whatever, but uh, if you were looking for something to dedicate your life to, stopping that would be a pretty good choice, in my opinion. End of rant. Armstrong and Getty. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Joe Manchin, he's the Democratic senator that really keeps... Boy, he's the only thing that keeps Bernie Sanders' entire agenda from getting passed through the Senate. And uh, a, a suffering under it, Joe Manchin, Democrat from Virginia, because he's in a very red state, but he's a Democrat, and he um, and he thinks a little differently. But he said this. You know, let me let me throw this in real quick. I'd I'd also salute uh, <laughs> Kirsten Cinema of Arizona for being a very True independent that. Democrat. She deserves some credit. Yeah, I yeah credit. So I I always wonder about that. So do they get credit for being independent thinkers, or are they just? Doing what a lot of politicians do, if they want to keep their job, they have to do this. Joe Manchin, he gets if he was a Bernie Sanders Democrat, he he wouldn't be a senator anymore. So I, I never can tell if politicians are doing anything brave or smart or visionary, or if they're just plain looking at the polls and doing what the, you know keeps them in their their seat. Yeah, it's a fair question. It's hard, hard to, to say. Tell. But anyway, Joe Manchin said this about the whole climate change, global warming, you know, electric cars, everything on uh, one of the talk shows this weekend. My concern is basically being realistic and being practical about what's going on in the world. Within the next 10 years, 90 percent of pollution is going to come from one continent, Asia. And China is going to have 3,500 coal fire plants. In America, they make you believe we only have 504. 
There's 6,600 operating, and there are billion other 1,063, none in America. And they're telling, make you think that, well, if you get rid of all the coal-fired plants, it, it basically solves the pollution. It doesn't. Well, it's, it's a big signal to the rest of the world. And The rest of the world's not going in that direction. We're the only country. If we get out of the fossil business, there will not be any uh, R&D, research and development. We have $12 billion for carbon capture sequestration. If you don't do that, you're not going to save the climate. So those are the two camps on this whole thing with global warming. And I'm sure as hell glad Joe Manchin, who happens to live in a coal state, um, uh, feels the way he does about this. Some of you think, well, we need to be the leaders. We need to lead on this by, okay, now I'm throwing in pejoratives, destroying our freaking economy um, uh, by going electric cars and all that sort of stuff. China doesn't give a crap. India doesn't give a crap. And as he just said, it, the 90% of it's going to come from other countries. So it's not, we, we aren't even going to make a dent in global warming. But some of you believe, well, we need to be the leaders and we'll convince other people it's the right thing to do. I think you're, you're completely unicorn riding the, the, the five year old on this. And you hinted at it, but to state it explicitly, we've also returned to dependence on some really malign foreign powers for our energy. Which yeah. that sucks. I, I I heard a guy on NPR the other day, and he was make he wasn't trying to make a conservative point. Is it conservative and liberal on this stuff? Maybe, but he Maybe. wasn't. Be I just I, to me, it's realist and and yeah. unicorn rider. He wasn't trying to make the Joe Manchin point on this about electric cars, but he was. He was making the argument that most electric cars in the country, California is the only exception. And California, by the way, if you don't know this, can't keep its electricity on if it's windy or if it gets too hot. If it gets too hot, we don't have enough electricity for everybody. We have to buy it from other states, and if they happen to be hot, too, we don't have enough. So the the, the one exception about electric cars, you know, is got a giant asterisk next to it. But this guy in NPR was making the point that, look, people feel good about themselves driving electric cars in various places in the country. They are an, They are no better for the environment than the gas car. And he went through the examples of how the coal needs to be burnt to make the electricity for the electric car to work. You know, we've jokingly called electric cars coal-powered cars, because they are. Only in California is that not true, but California can't even keep its lights on. So, you know, that's not setting an example that it's doable. If they suddenly were to triple the number of uh, electric cars sold in California, that would enormously tax the grid that would be a serious problem and and you know i don't know just like i say it's about realism you know it's funny in a similar vein i just came across this article from the wall street journal listen to this and i'm not a cynic about fossil fuels and and renewable energy i'm a realist no we're gonna have to stop driving gas-powered cars it'll happen um uh, but they're going to have to figure out the whole coal-powered electric car thing. That, that, that's got to be solved. Probably nuclear. I think that's the best way to go. The, the funniest example of that sort of thing I've ever come across is solar panels. It's, it's unintentionally hilarious. It's tragifarious. It's, it's tragic. It's hilarious. And I'll tell you about it in a second after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe. Uh, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence designed the first Simply Safe system in their kitchen because their friend had gotten their home broken into and they were struggling to find a security system that's simple enough to set up and use and not like incredibly expensive. So they invented Simply Safe, which has now won all sorts of awards for being simple. Yeah. But if, Effective. Oh, and they've got great people, too. Yeah, there's salesmen out there from other companies that are going to try to convince you that you need this really expensive, complicated system and 
five workmen are going to come to your house and wire up the whole place and everything like that. No, Simply Safe has won all kinds of awards as being the best security system out there, but it's super simple to set up. You just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You click around and customize it for your home. Ordered. It comes to you. You set it up yourself in 30 minutes. And then you've got the contact with fire, burglary, medical emergency help, and help setting up the system if you need it. They're always there for you. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get a free security camera. 60-day risk-free trial. Nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Use that code to get that free camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. All right, so here you have it. It's the unintentionally hilarious situation with solar panels. Solar panel installations surging in the U.S. and Europe. Western countries are seeking to cut their reliance on fossil fuels. Here's the funny part. China is by far the world leader in solar panels. Did you know that the industry of solar panel production is incredibly energy intensive and the vast majority of that energy comes from carbon dioxide belching coal burning plants in china china so it's kind of like the how much uh uh you know bad stuff happens has to happen to make the plastic bags at the grocery store that right. keep you from using the paper bag that would be cutting down trees. There's a hole in the sky once a tree once stood. Somebody's making money. Do we have it? Come on, stand up on your feet. Everybody sing. Everybody. So, uh, yeah, it's very similar to that. Concerns are mounting in U.S. and Europe that solar industries' reliance on Chinese coal will create a big increase in emissions in the coming years as manufacturers rapidly scale up production of solar panels to meet demand. That would make the solar industry one of the world's most prolific polluters, analysts say, wow. undermining some of the emissions reductions achieved from widespread adoption. Could be it's a net negative, so, so, <laughs> at least for now. <laughs> so again, yeah, I, I agree. You don't want to just come off as a knee-jerk cynic there's no way to improve on 20th century ways of powering things no of course there are but you don't want to be a knee-jerk unicorn riding idiot either in that solar and wind are automatically good or carrying your cloth bag to the store is saving trees when they do you know the math on that and figure out no the amount of water that needs to be used and the electricity and everything to make the cloth bag is actually worse then the tree you cut down because there's a hole in the What's sky. What's that hole in the sky where the tree once was? Somebody's, somebody's making, making money. money. There's, a, there's hole a hole in the sky, in the sky where, the where the tree once, once was. was. Somebody's, somebody's making, making money. money. On your face. Um, but but there's all kinds of... Think these things through. I guess that'd be my only point, our only point. Make sure you think these things completely through so it's actually a benefit. Before you start denying people the right to have a plastic straw or a, a paper bag at the grocery store or force us into electric cars or whatever. Well, what's especially frustrating is a guy who roots for the United States and, and her people to have jobs, for instance, and to continue to lead the world. It's not coincidental that China leads the world in solar panel production. And, oh, by the way, they do a lot of coal-fired uh, electrical plants. No, their use of low-cost coal-fired electricity has given the country's solar panel manufacturers a competitive advantage, allowing them wow. to dominate global markets. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. So that we was, can make your panels for you 20% cheaper because we belch filth into the sky. It's a deal. But that's really the point the lefty was making on NPR. And again, he was making my point. 
he had different solutions was that forcing all these car manufacturers into electric cars to make electric cars that the public doesn't want, by the way, um, unless you come up with a, a solution to where the electricity comes from, we're not accomplishing anything. Let's see. Scientists say installing Chinese-made paddle panels almost always result in a net reduction over time because the panels are usually replacing electricity generated from fossil fuels, uh, but it's several years before it offsets the emissions. So I could, you could make the argument it's still a net positive, but it takes years. Oh, by the way, the uh, Biden administration, part of that, it's it's a trillion dollar, it's $550 billion in new spending, but the infrastructure plan, I think they were spending $50 billion on tens of thousands of charging stations across the country, whether they're needed or not. Because, you know, the, the, it's uh, it's not a chicken and the egg thing. You're not going to get an electric car if there are no charging stations anywhere near you. So they're trying to gin up the uh, popularity of electric cars thereby. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I Show. Uh, I want to play something for you. It's just, it's so good and so eloquent. Um, uh, first of all, let's hear from Ilhan Omar, who is an America-hating radical who hates the Constitution, swore an oath to it, but would burn it the first chance she got in clip 80. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. Well, you are a full-on Marxist. Yeah, or, she's or, a... Or communist. And an enthusiastic totalitarian. Absolutely. The government must be in charge of who gets what uh, and, and why in every aspect of it. Uh, she's crazy. Well, Ayan Hersey Ali, who you may be familiar with, she is a Somali Dutch American activist. She talks a lot about women's rights in the Islamic world. Uh, a, a brilliant writer. She's fought against forced marriage, honor killing, female genital mutilation, child marriage, the rest of it. Um, and is a great believer in liberty. And uh, recently she did an interview while she's where she was talking about, um, Ilhan Omar. Uh, and some of uh, the other members of the squad and their attitudes. And I think what's important about this especially is this is a, a, a black woman, an African woman, a, a woman, an immigrant, and she puts a lie, a big, giant L-I-E, to the notion that those people of color who lecture us from left-wing media speak for everybody. They don't, not even close. In fact, they speak for a tiny minority of people who who happen to be so vicious that they will ruin your career or get you run out of your school or or whatever. Um, so they are outsized in their influence because they're vicious, but they do not speak for all black people, for all people of color in America. Not even close. Anyway, Ayan Hersey Ali is responding to the squad and, and statements like we just heard from Ilhan Omar. We'll start with 81 and roll on. I listened to someone like Ilhan Omar, and she's in Congress, the United States Congress, and she's saying, well, why don't we dismantle the whole thing, the economic system, the political system, and it makes you wonder, why, why flee from Mogadishu, 
Why flee from anarchy? Why flee from oppression? And then come to the United States and then do all your best to turn Minnesota and the U.S. into Mogadishu. It's one of the things that I'd like to ask her. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, she gets to say that because she is a black woman and she has more to say. Clip 82. I don't think we need a revolution. And I think these movements, and Ilhan is just one of these people who are symbolizing that and who are the faces of that. I think we need to resist and to say, look, you've come to America in search of freedom. You've come to America in search of equality. We find it here. Our system is not perfect. We can fix it, and we do it through conversations. Um, and what we are seeing these days is uh, a very loud, in my view, minority who are saying, let us not seek solutions through the system we have, but let's dismantle it. And I am passionately against it. Ah, uh, Why not? Here's more from the eloquent Ayan Hirsi Ali, Clip 83. Again, we have to find solutions, and I think we can. Remember, the United States of America is only 244 years old. It is the one nation that has abolished slavery. It is the one nation that has um, stood up for civil rights and has passed laws and has allocated huge resources to achieving, or at least aspiring to achieve, full equality. I do not believe in guaranteeing equality of outcomes. I believe in equality of opportunity. And it's the only nation today in the world and has been for a long time where you can seek equal opportunity and where that is encouraged, it's urged. I know so many philanthropists right now who want to invest in that. Well, and finally, what do you do if you're intimidated you're bullied by the extremist left and you're not sure what to do she has a suggestion i think we should reject and stand up to crazy people who are saying that our system the united states of american you know our america is made up of systemic racism if there's one phrase that really makes me go mad in like very angry it's that word used against America. The American Constitution, the American system, in fact, gives us all an argument to strive and to aspire to make things better. So the Ilhan Omars of this world, the Ocasio-Cortezes of this world, I think they need to take time out and travel in the real world, other countries where you don't have that, where there are really bad systems. You know, it occurs to me, listening to her, what we have is a systemic resistance to racism. That's what we have in our system. It it has stood up firmly, better and better and better, against the fairly natural human impulse to prefer people like you, which is, like I say, it's universal. It's not necessarily great, and we need to resist it and make sure nobody's rights are ever violated, but uh, our entire system is is fighting against that impulse. We need to strengthen it. We need to adjust it. We need to work within it, but the idea that we need to tear it down and build a Marxist utopia like Ilhan Omar wants? No, thank you, sister. We got a pretty good country over here. Thanks for coming from Somalia and lecturing us on how to run a country, but uh, no thanks. Now, I get how uh, people who grow up in the United States, always with enough food for almost everybody, um, never having to worry about, uh, you know, uh, the secret police coming into your home or being at war or any of these things. 
um, have an opportunity. I understand how if you grow up in this country, you focus on the imperfections until you're old enough to to understand. I have no idea how you get here from another country, especially a sucky one, an asshole one. How you get here and 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 want to attack our imperfections? That that that's a weird twisting of the mind. There, it's it's a relative rarity too. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah, I just think she's a, a Marxist. I just think she's a, a political kook. That's like when I was at the. I told the story at the time when I was at the jewelry store. Must have been a year ago. I was buying something at the jewelry store, and the guy was from someplace in the Middle East. And I don't remember where the guy runs the jewelry store, owns a place, and his kids work there. And he said, in this country, you get pulled over, over by the police, you're not worried they're going to drag you out of the car and beat you in the street just for the heck of it. He said, I don't worry about that. He said, in my country, it happened all the time. Wow. Wow. Oh, that reminds me, MSB, uh, Mohammed bin Salman over in Saudi Arabia, he, he's really cracking down on the clerics. And the power of like fundamentalist Islam in general, he's even making them turn down the volume of like the call to prayer and the uh, broadcasting of the prayers out of the the speakers on mm. the mosques. He's making them turn down the volume by is it like two thirds or something like that? Uh, that's an interesting move. The uh, the angry wackadoos in the streets of uh, your sand countries who are so mad at the U.S. there for a little while. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if they're going to turn against the uh, Saudi regime again. Uh, I don't know. Good question. That was uh, old uh, Osama bin Laden's original motivation, right? Dislike of the Saudi regime? Yep, absolutely. Armstrong and Getty. 